Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Han Talks First. I, of course, am your host, Han, and this is the podcast you're looking for, a Star Wars podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in the Star Wars world. I'm joined by two different guests today for the first time ever on Han Talks First, and we will be talking about memorable lines and quotes from the Star Wars franchise. Not just the popular ones that people are most familiar with, but the secondary lines, the ones that are kind of throw-offs that we don't really get to focus on too much. So we're going to bring light to those and talk about why we love these lines. So now let me go ahead and welcome my guests today. I'm joined by Pat and Charles of Conversations Podcast. Enjoy. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. How's it going, guys? Very well. Thank you for having us on. Uh, my pleasure. And I'm really excited for our listeners, if they haven't heard you already, to get to know a little bit more about you and talk about your podcast. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, what your show is, and where they can find you real quickly. All right. Well, um, I'm Pat, and he's Charles, and <laughs> we're the co-hosts of Conversations Podcast. We um, are big nerds, and we always have been. So um, essentially, um, we met and made dorky Star Wars references and knew we'd be fast friends for life. So um, we began annoying our wives, I guess. No, entertaining our wives. Entertaining. Yeah, yeah. We've been annoying them for a lot longer than we've been entertaining them. Right, right. So so we did that um, uh, many, many times. Uh, the, the worst of which was when we kept them as captive audiences in the in the car on the way to like road trips and such and mm-hmm. um so they said that's great and all that you guys are such dorks but um maybe do it on the computer to people not us so <laughs> out there away from us <laughs> right exactly so um go in the corner and and do that there not here so we said all right cool so we did and here we are uh fast forward to what uh two and a half years maybe yeah mm-hmm. um and just many people we've met um weird dorks like us and uh and some cool people so um, <laughs> uh you know so that's that's kind of uh the 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 nutshell of of how we got into all of this. Well, I have to say, I love the name Conversations with the capital <laughs> SW in the middle. I think that's genius. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Why didn't I think of that? That's amazing!" Like even as like a segment of like a show, it'd be yeah. just a beautiful. It's a beautiful title, and I love it. But uh, you, I didn't know you guys been doing it for two and a half years, so we've kind of been doing it almost the same amount of time. I Very just cool. started season three, so I've done it for a little over two years myself but wow so we all kind of started at the same time that's really cool as well i did notice though your i'm gonna pull up a image here so if any of you guys want to check them out um (laughs) please i will leave a descriptions you can check them out on anywhere podcasts are found and hear more from them there i did notice though on your cover it says part of the red five network i'm curious what that is uh, the Red Five Network is a group collective of podcasts that um, row over at uh, Scarif Podcast and Brad. They founded it as a sort of a collective of different groups uh, and different shows with a myriad different interpretations of Star Wars. But not just that. Also, uh, anything nerd. You got so many great shows there that really explore what it means to be uh, a geek and a nerd and, and delve, you know, delve deep into the subjects that we all know and love, whether it's Lord of the Rings with uh, a certain point of view, or you got Pete's and Parsecs who know a lot about DC. You got Rob at Jedi Temple Archives podcast who's like a walking encyclopedia to so many different shows that take all different aspects. And uh, we're all about having an openness to interpretations and feelings and discussions about uh, the various sides of Star Wars. So it's a really refreshing group of people who um, produce not only quality content, but also are very plugged into many different uh, fandoms. That's really cool. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to podcast is to just find a community. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I've said many times on the show, so for the listeners, I'm sorry. But I started this as a form of therapy so I could have... I didn't have many people to talk to about Star Wars, so I was like, I'll just talk to myself. And through that, I've met so many great people, so many of you guys, you listeners or viewers of the channel. Thank you. Um, and now, Pat and Charles, we've chatted on social media for mm -hmm. a while and have been trying to work something out. So I'm so glad we could finally find a day and talk some Star Wars with you guys. And... I guess like I do with every guest on the show, I usually ask them what their Star Wars story is. So why don't we start with Pat? This can be how you got into Star Wars, your earliest memory, your favorite memory. What is your Star Wars story? Well, um, <laughs> unlike, um, well, no, actually a lot like you, Han. I, um, I grew up with the original trilogy kind of, in in the past so it was it was my first exposure to the franchise um in the late 80s and um so i loved it i first had seen indiana jones so um i was familiar with harrison ford through that and um i remember catching the back third of like empire strikes back when Harrison Ford's character gets encased in carbonite. And I'm like, oh no, what are these weird pig people doing? <laughs> putting putting Indiana Jones in a coffin. Like it was the worst. And I I, I was I was somewhat traumatized. Um and uh and then my parents were like, um well, it's Harrison Ford, but it's 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 Han Solo from Star Wars or whatever. It was on TV. Like, they didn't promote it or whatever. It's just on. And um, so that was their mistake because I was like, Star Wars, eh? <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to, to find out what that was about. So then I watched it. And then, you know, I watched that film. And then I was like, oh, there's one before that. Let me watch that one. And then this one again. And then Jedi, right? So, so it consumed my life uh, immediately. And um, my my parents have been regretting it ever since. <laughs> um, so then, of course, I, you know, I, I it was like mid '90s, and um, I was really, you know, they were starting to do the the 20 years later like anniversary stuff, and then the the sequels were coming, the special editions were coming out, and they were getting ready to do sequels and all. So I was like, this is my favorite thing of all time. And uh, this is where I bridge to not being unlike you, Han, where, um, you know, I, it wasn't a great time to mm. be a nerd, okay? Let's just be honest. Like, now, everybody's like, yeah, you know, Marvel's awesome, you know, Justice League, Star Wars, the whole bit. Like, everybody's, like, so pumped about it now. Back in, like, the early 90s, mid-90s, even, you know, a little bit before Episode 1 came out, I was like, you know, I always had like Star Wars t-shirts and stuff, always quoting the movies and everybody at school was like, he's such a dork. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, I, 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 it, it was my lot in life to suffer, I guess, um, which, you know, it, it, it helped to, help to, to form who I am today, I guess. I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so I, I, you know you like what you like so yeah. i just kept uh kept enjoying it and then um you know then more stuff came out and now it's cool to be the star wars fan and i feel like cassie and andor where you know i've lived this <laughs> since i was four years old and you know everybody now it's like everybody everybody's like you know comes up to me on like monday and i'm like so you see the episode of Mandalorian, you see the Bad Batch, you see that? I'm like, of course, like, four times, obviously. But, I've been doing so this since like, I was six. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, everybody's like coming up to me and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it is what it is. But uh, I'm glad to see that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer being ridiculed for, for my, uh, my head first dive into Star Wars. Mm. That's so interesting because I have like had a similar experience. Like people, like I used to be like, I don't know, back when Clone Wars was still on TV or something, I would ask a friend, hey, did you watch the Star Wars animated thing? And they're like, what? It's still, it's, that's a thing. But then like that's fast forward to like the time 
Mandalorian was announced, I have people coming up to me like, did you hear they're making a Mandalorian TV show, a Star Wars TV show? And I was like, do you not know who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> of course I know. And yep. <laughs> it was things like that. You're right. Like, like the popularity has it's become cool again to like Star Wars and things like that. And it's weird to see because we were on kind of one side of the curtain and as it got more and more popular, Disney bought Star Wars and all this kind of stuff. Then everyone else started trying to get on that side of the curtain too. And it was, it was like, welcome. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Let me show you to your seat way at the back of the theater. <laughs> exactly. The nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Charles, what about you? What's your Star Wars story? Well, uh, I was born in 1972. So I was just, uh, First of all, I'm old. Yes, laugh if you will. Uh, but um, I had just missed the theatrical run of Star Wars. Um, I wasn't able to see that. Uh, my mom didn't bring me there, or uh, she wasn't part of the cards at that point. But when well, he Empire got new parents, it's so, yes, it's, <laughs> you're much happier. Um, but when Empire came out, my sister Anna, who took um, me and I'm assuming my brother and sister to go and see it at a drive-in. Uh, up in Canada, yes, we do have a summer season, and yes, there are drive-ins there. It was a double feature of Empire uh, with Star Wars: A New Hope, so I didn't see the original, you know, uh, without the uh, subtitle there. But uh, watched Empire first, um, just like Pat actually, and we, that was a really cool thing. Is that we both experienced the same movie first, which is really, uh, wow. really uh, mind blowing. Uh, and then I saw right after, it, of course, was A New Hope, and I'm not sure if I fell asleep. I am known to fall asleep sometimes during watching Star Wars <laughs> movies, but um, it ignited uh, an extreme passion for the for the franchise. Um, shortly thereafter, we got a VCR, and I did get the copies of the VHS, and I watched all those movies. Uh, I distinctly remember uh, waiting in line in Montreal uh, in a uh, hot summer to go and see uh, Return of the Jedi. And that was really, for me, the end of the of the story. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is over. And I migrated out of Star Wars at that point. I wasn't really much of a book reader, uh, especially of Star Wars at that point. So I didn't know this sort of continuing story of what we now know as the expanded universe. So I left you know, Star Wars. It was always there. I had all so many toys which i really regret getting rid of at this point but uh, uh at the time my big brother knew i loved star wars every christmas was like a bonanza of star wars toys and kept that going and gi joe whatever it was but of course you mature out of that and um i found as pat was alluding to before <laughs> before we went on camera star trek was what carried me through uh you know it is obviously uh, a different franchise but science fiction or science um uh, science fact or however you want to look at it it still had, I had never left the imprint that Star Wars left on me of the uh, fantastical stories and the beasts and the creatures that really uh, played into what uh, I loved about it. I loved playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was young. So that fire for Star Wars never left. And when the new editions were released, um, it felt a sort of surge of like, wow, something's going on here. This is pretty cool. And then when the, uh, the prequels were announced, I lost my mind. It's like, wow, this is going to be a resurgence of what I used to love when I was young. Um, at the time I was in college, they weren't sort of exactly for me in my market. Um, I was a big brother to a little a little guy, a little boy. I took him to go and see Phantom Menace. He loved it. Uh, I was, you know, whatever to it. Um, and, you know, as time wore on, I was always ready to give Star Wars a, a, a chance in my life because it was such an important part of my youth. And I'm glad I did. And when I met Pat, thankful, blessed for that as a friend and a great and a great friend and a, and a confidant and so many different support levels. And he then implored me to go and watch the Clone Wars, uh, like you were talking about. And as I've, you know, I've said in the past is that I didn't really like the animation style. So I was like an aloof douche. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Sorry. I was just being aloof and not enjoying that artistic style and just never really was never really for me, quote unquote, until I started watching it. And the deep lore that is in those stories uh, brought Star Wars into like the next level for me, and I'm forever grateful for that. And here we are today. It's like every piece of Star Wars uh, I enjoy, I find something that I can tie to and enjoy about it. So it's a, uh, it's taken my entire life to really go and search out what you really love about a certain story. Not every piece of it is going to be for me, uh, a character, a storyline, a plot, whatever. But overall, it's still Star Wars, so it's awesome. That's a beautiful story. It, it kind of sounds like you. 
uh, if I heard correctly, you kind of fell out of being heavily involved with Star Wars for a period yep. of time and then kind mm-hmm. of fell back into it. So what yep. was it that that made you go head first back into exploiting your love for Star Wars again? Pat, 100%. Because where That's beautiful. Yeah, because where the conversations name came from was what we were doing every day. We were literally lacing our text messages, the rare phone call or video or whatever we're all together with deep cut Star Wars references. And we weren't just having conversations. We were literally having conversations because every, you know, it was sometimes obvious, sometimes very subtle. And then we'd bust each other up. It's like, you didn't get that? That was like from uh, episode six of season four of Clone Wars when he said this and we're like, oh, shame on me. Hand over the nerd card and away we go. So conversations are what we typically have all day and uh, never stops. It really never stops, whether we're recording or not. Um, and I'm pretty sure our wives will agree that uh, thankfully there's mm. a, maybe at least an hour where there's a door closed and they're not with an earshot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What a fantastic origin story. I can see a movie like like a fanboy style movie. If you guys have seen that before, like of conversations. Oh, oh do you have a. There you got got it? Right oh, there. nice. Yes. <laughs> I and love that movie. Right so much. Here. <laughs> we are trying desperately to get uh, the writer on our show. Not only yeah. the writer. Yeah, nice exactly. Well, that's there. true. Right. Did, we got to get he... Jay Baruchel. I mean, for, you know, fellow Montrealer. <laughs> that angle hasn't worked yet. <laughs> no, no. He's, he's ignored me just like a Vancouver person. Toronto, come on. Okay, right. Sorry. Toronto. Yeah. Well, um, before we get into like uh, the main topics here, um, real quickly, now that we know your story and your history of how you got into it, what, in your opinion, do you think makes Star Wars so iconic? There's so many answers to this question, but part of the theme of my show is discovering what the iconography is of Star Wars and what makes it so special. So for you guys, um, what is it to you? I'll, Pat, we'll start with you. Um, it's the lightsabers. No, um, I think, <laughs> I think it's just, um, there's just some feel to it. Uh, up until the original Star Wars was released, all of your sci-fi, space fantasy type stuff was very, very clean and very sterile very futuristic and you know even though this takes place a galaxy far far away with advanced technology and better than stuff we have um it feels lived in and it feels believable you know it's something that everybody can identify as as something that's that's relatable and the falcon's a perfect example it's I I drove a car like that through high school. <laughs> it's like, you know, hear me, baby, hold together um, all the way to school and back. So it's like, you know, I get it. I, 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 I understand this world. I don't understand warp speed and and, you know, clean bridges and all this nonsense that you've got in like Star Trek and stuff, because. Well, and and not not a dig at Star Trek. It's just it's it's un um it feels polished. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I get Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um. It and that's that's why we work well together. When I lose my brain, you pick it up and throw it back in there. Um. So. But with Star Wars, like you know, you've got the land speeders. You've got like weird indigenous people and you're like that looks like some dude from the subway you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's just i it's it's relatable and you you can form these connections with the world and then of course with the characters and and then get emotionally invested in it and what is a story what is a you know a book a movie series if you can't get invested in the characters mm-hmm. and and they 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 did that wonderfully and you know then you've got people that are that are stuck with this and 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 in love with it for the rest of their lives that kind of makes me think about uh well first of all i 
I totally agree. Great way of putting it too. And what I'm taking from what you said is like there's a there's a tangibility to the Star Wars world, and where it almost feels like you could go out, you can ride in the Falcon, you can pick up a, a stick, and it could be a lightsaber or, or things like that. It's kind of like when when you um, when you buy a book, right? And there's a little bit more connection to it because you're turning the pages, you're, you're visualizing the story for yourself and it's tangible. And uh, I, I totally agree. I think with, with me too, I can kind of like look at something in star Wars, like Boba Fett's ship, for example, and you can look at that and be like, Oh my God, that looks like a, a street lamp, which is where they took the inspiration for it. And it's just very relatable in that sense too. And, Um, so yeah, a tangible sense. I totally, totally agree with that. I love the way you put that. And, um, Charles, what about you? What is, what makes it iconic for you? Um, you know, I think that answer has changed for me over time. Uh, originally for me, it was the, I mean, first seeing, as I said before, I saw, um, Empire Strikes Back and here we had an extremely good movie in Empire Strikes Back opening on a snow planet. And let's face it, I grew up in snow and, that was instantly relatable to me. Like Pat was saying, it's like, wow, look at this adventure happening in an environment where when I eventually got my toys, I had the at, at that was, you know, bigger than the cat that I had at the time and um, equally petrified of it. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, rebel, um, uh, rebel soldiers. I was outside putting these things in, uh, in scenarios, which fast forward to with Pat, that's all we do now as well, <laughs> except that I can buy it myself now. Um, so it provided um, a fantasy and a story that I could find myself in. Of course, you know, the hero's journey and Luke and Leia, but not just them. It's like Chewie and uh, Lando and all these different people. And, you know, like you think about uh, redemption arcs of like with Vader and, and Lando as well. He started off as like a questionable character and he ends up being part of the Rebels. Like you have a, all of these cool storylines that can really help any given person identify with uh within the story of star wars so that was sort of my entry point but at this point now and when i can look back at the experience that i've seen and where i see it today i think what the biggest draw for me with star wars is just those different levels or those different entry points within the story i like for like i said before i never watched the clone wars and now that i'm having seen it i understand just how good it is and of course there's a few you know episodes that are just whatever but some extremely deep stuff in there and some kids grew up with clone wars i think you han you grew up with it or you you were it was like right in your real house to watching clone wars oh you know ot maybe for sure maybe the prequels whatever but there's so many different places where a fan can pick up the story today and then sort of you know delve out into the deeper part of the story and that's fantastic and it makes it a lot more approachable for many different fans yeah, definitely. Uh, I I partially grew up with the, Clo- the Clone Wars TV series uh, kind of in my peripherals. Uh, it was really um, the video games that kind of mm. was my childhood connection. Great example. Right? Yeah. And, um, but I, I totally think that the Clone Wars, the TV series, was something that up until last year was a proof of concept. And I think the anim- mm-hmm. cuz the animation style was very different mm-hmm. and it fully wasn't developed. Lucasfilm was trying something different, right? And I think with yeah. season 7 of the Clone Wars last year and with the Bad Batch this year, yes. there's a drastic okay. change that you can see. And I think for me that's kind of what I think George Lucas was kind of going for and what he mm-hmm. thought it could be cuz I don't know, do you guys see differences in not just the storytelling but the visuals of the Clone Wars 2, or are you even watching Bad Batch? What do you guys think of that? Um, yeah, for sure. I, You know, you can look at Clone Wars, and then because I did watch that, I was open to Rebels. I, I had lost my sense of animation style, where I was, is it a preference, is it not? doesn't matter. As long as the story that's being told, I'm all in at this point. Same with the books or the video games, like you mentioned. Uh, Bad Batch, absolutely. The, you know, the Clone Wars Season 7, you know, Season 7 Saved was... Uh, you know, light years beyond what we saw in the Clone Wars itself. And now even more so with the Bad Batch, like the the clarity. And, you know, you even brought up in one of your recent episodes, but just how, you know, the, the detail within the animation style is, again, massively improved. And, you know, obviously technology will do that. But at the core of that, 
you have the story, which is just fantastic. And then you, if you can maybe get aside from yourself of the animation style, however good or bad or your interpretation of it, there's still so much to appreciate there. Yeah, I think the, the foundations to good filmmaking or storytelling is just have good characters that serve a good story and you can get an emotional response out yeah. of that from the mm-hmm. audience. Um, a real quick uh, shout out for the listeners. If you do watch the animated series, I, every Sunday I am doing the Bad Batch reviews, which you can find on the YouTube page or on the podcast. Just little quick 10-minute cool. reviews. You guys should go check those out as well. Um So cool. Uh, let's jump into our first main topic, which is um, actually something that Conversations had suggested to us today. So uh, I'll let you guys kind of describe what this topic is going to be and how you thought of it. And you can go ahead and give some of your first examples. Sure. So, Pat, you want to go? I'm ready to go. You want to take this one? Yeah. Um, so basically, I said, let's do a show with Han Talks first. <laughs> and Charles was like, all right, let me come up with a topic. And here we are. And that's our show. That's how it goes. (laughs) Charles brought the topic to me and um, essentially was like, let's think of favorite lines. And I was like, all right, I got favorite lines. And he's like, but not the main ones. And I was like, scratch that. (laughs) Um, I... I got nothing. Um, so so then, yeah, it became like, you know, seeds, you know, basically lines that are there that, you know, either have like a personal impact or like an overall impact on the story that's, that's not so obvious. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, all right, you know, whatever. I mean, we're talking Star Wars. I'm in. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of where that went. And then uh, it was interesting to um, – to rewatch, to really pick some some good ones, um, so I didn't, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and you know, it does go back to our origin story, where um, you know we have surface level gifts and memes and lines that we all know and love, but that's where Pat and I were just you know, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon when Pat was supposed to be sleeping from his. Uh, you know, 15 hour work shift uh, nursing the night before yet here he is texting me at two o'clock in the afternoon with a joke with a, you know, a four or five layer deep quote. And here I am on Google trying to figure out what the hell he's talking about. And then I realized, and of course I laughed my ass off. So, um, that's what I was going to say was when I was trying to think of ones for myself, all I could think of were the memes. And it seems like a common goal for like meme creators is to take every single line from the prequels and try to make a meme out of it. Yes. And it was so hard to try and find one that, either hasn't been done or made fun of and right, meaning right but, <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the wheelhouse of the prequel generation where memes are are right in the wheelhouse and of course they consume those movies and love them to death and that's fantastic so I talk about exposure and you know the yeah. uh, uh the comedic approach to lines and interpretations is you know not just a um uh an appreciation for the movies it's also uh, a deep understanding of what the line means and juxtaposition with you know a serious or, or lighthearted approach to it and that's fantastic about the memes but it is it is complicated so um it just takes a different approach to the movies and like you know well that wasn't really that sort of a large or important line but now it makes sense and that's some yeah. of the fun parts of it so one of the first things that i wrote down when um i was uh we were doing a actually some research on uh our dooku show and uh, when he's on, uh, when when they're on the, um, uh, uh, <laughs> the planet. What's uh, not in this? Not, <laughs> not Utapau, <laughs> but um, yeah, is it Utapau? He's on with the uh, CIS uh, um, council when they're around the table and looking at the, uh, yeah, it's Utapau, right? Yeah. So um, he says, <laughs> I'll take the designs with me to Coruscant. They'll be much safer there with my master. So, and of course, and that's when, um, they show the uh, sort of the glowy little blue glowy of the uh, Death Star. And I'm looking at that. It's yeah. like, wow, that's like a really pivotal moment because had those plans stayed on Utapau, it very well could have uh, been captured by the clones and Obi-Wan. And the implication for that is that, wow, that's, you know, not a throwaway line, but it's sort of, a, sort of an aside. And you see it, it's like you're, you're mesmerized by the uh, Death Star visual. 
but the way he says it, Dooku says that he's going to take it to his master. A, obviously we know it's Sidious, not Palpatine, but Sidious. But he gets these plans, which you assume this is the only copy of, and gets them off of the planet to save that plot uh, from the rebels or well, the the, uh, the Republic at that point. Yeah, very good moment. I I've, I remember, I remember as when I first saw that, uh, I was with I I watched it all the time with my little brother and i was i was pretty young when that movie came out and it wasn't until i reached like my teens and me and my brother were watching it again and he pointed out oh my god that's the death star we never saw it like after until like maybe the 20th 30th time of watching the movie and i guess because we're like just so fascinated by the visuals and stuff yeah really looking at you know homages or things like that but or putting the pieces together but when when we saw it it like blew our minds and we were like no way it's like it's like connected to other movies (laughs) it was really cool and it kind of made me feel stupid not realizing it but it's 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 so subtle it's so subtle it is it's still it's still on you know mainframe Right mm-hmm. in the center of the screen, yeah. but yeah. it's like, hey, here's here, this is alluding to like the things that are going to happen later, but we're not going to draw too much attention to it to like rely on fan service, and that's what made those moments so special for me anyway. But that that itself is a really great moment that I love too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Pat, did you have any? Uh, did oh, you God. write any well, down? I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, we're, we're live we're recording oh well okay whoops Uh-oh. um yeah no i i think everyone's so wrapped up with luke you know being mesmerized by the lightsaber and listening to obi-wan about using the force and all this but he talks about anakin's father oh, not anakin's father anakin his father uh, luke's father anakin <laughs> that's where we are and um <laughs> So basically, just that whole line is, you know, it's it's informative, but it's almost just um, ignored because of all, all so much that's in that scene, and you know the whole the whole bit about him being the best star pilot in the galaxy, a cunning warrior, and um, a good and friend, being a good. Oh, nice. Nice. That's the one. Yep. So, I mean, just all of that is is so impactful, especially after seeing the prequels and seeing that relationship. And then going back and seeing Alec Guinness deliver that line with with that sort of pensive approach and and looking back um, sort of bittersweetly on their relationship and how how great it was and then and then how much of a terrible turn it took (laughs) it's true well i think i think all that's a credit to alec guinness like he said i mean anyone can say those words but it's the way that that man played it he there's a great moment in that scene when he's I forgot what the lion has said before he takes this this beat, but he kind of like is just sitting there with his hand on his resting on his chin and he's just looking out and you could tell he's like remembering things and without any context of what actually goes on because George didn't know at yeah. the time. And then he just looks at Luke. You will go with me to Alderaan. And it's like, whoa, what is he thinking about? What is going on there? Yeah. It's played so well. Yes. And it's, I mean, this kind of goes into a completely different topic, but I'm excited to see how Ewan transforms himself into that version oh, of yes. Alec Guinness right, and right. embody that. Cause that's, he already did like a huge challenge before trying to play Obi-Wan a younger yeah. version, but yes. now he has to exactly match what is going to happen to him in the original trilogy movies. And, but yeah, that seems fantastic. And that's my favorite movie is a new hope. Um, so I'm glad you picked an example from that one. Nice, nice. Yeah, so uh, I've got a good feeling about the Kenobi series. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impersonation. Yeah, well, he does I, it very good. I do yes. try. <laughs> <laughs> so I, when I was looking at it, I was I had so many in mind, but I kind of wanted to shed some light onto uh, Padme because I don't think she gets enough love sometimes, 
And she really is a very level-headed person in the prequels, I think. And not level-headed enough to be able to communicate with her husband uh, before he turns <laughs> to the dark side, but level-headed <laughs> enough where she she's, she's a good leader, I think. And um, definitely knows what's up. But I have this line from her that says... Um, and it kind of ties into The Last Jedi a little bit, too. She said, all mentors have a way of seeing more of our faults than we would like. And it's the only way that we grow. And it's kind of a passing line. But mm. it's it's a lot like how Yoda says to Luke in Last Jedi, they are what we grow beyond, or however it's however he says that. But Padme has so many like little uh, throwaway side lines like that that are it's kind of a sh- shame that people just kind of ignore her when she says things like that in the movies. But um, this one kind of stuck with me because um, it's kind of foreshadowing the events that will come and um, the whole idea of like mentor mentee and apprentice and things like that. And just the falling of Anakin. And um, I don't know. I was going to ask you guys if you have any like opinions on Padme as far as like uh, any quotes she said and things like that. Cause I, I th- thought it'd be interesting to shed some light on her. Well, so first of first of all, wow. both of you, thank you very much, um, Pat. You took away what I was going to talk about with uh, A New Hope, um, and Han, you took away at least some of my thunder. It's like, oh, no one's going to talk about Padme. Oh no! <laughs> so, <way. laughs> so I do have one more that oh neither of you gosh. mentioned yet. However, what I'll say about um, the uh, New Hope and uh, Alec Guinness delivering, and both of you mentioned it, how and very well said, is that he sells this very uh, nebulous set of sentences that are you know defining an entire tr- uh, prequel trilogy behind him and the clone wars themselves within a few sentences and they come off as very honest and he lived through them and his thought process and like you said han like that when he gets to that point you're coming with me he's replayed the entire trilogy in his mind in those few seconds and laid out the uh, the essential plot line for the entire prequel trilogy. So yeah, kudos to both of you on those ones. Um, and uh, for Padme, uh, I agree. Um, the the quote that I found was very interesting, and it may allude to the rhyming and the um, the, uh, the sort of the main topic of the show. But she said in uh, Queen Shadow, uh, the book about um, during her reign, uh, Queen Shadow that. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, but she said, you know, I'm trying to be as level-headed as I can, but I really do hate the Nemoidians. And she said that. And so we have a very interesting perspective of Padme, who's strong female character, uh, well beyond her years in maturity and, and leading and saving a planet from destruction and, and helping the Senate grow. And that little piece, and you can understand where it comes from course with the blockade and and um killing some of her handmaidens so there's a, like a bad blood there and that line yeah. for me looks forward to anakin and his ability to kill the uh, tuscan raiders oh yeah so if she has a sort of a, a close to her heart opinion about the nemoidians because of what they put her through and she sees Anakin, who's now destroying not just the men, but also the women and children, too. That um, understanding that can give her sort of more of a leeway versus, like, the alarm bells going off. Like, hey, he just killed a bunch of kids and men uh, in a camp. Oh, hello, boo-boo-boo, you know, warning <laughs> signs. She's already got that hate for her, for the Nemoidians, already inside of her. Maybe that does give her a different angle to accept what he's done. So, Anakin, while you're on this hot streak... Um... <laughs> There's a couple of guys that could. Uh... <laughs> Hot streak. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> oh my God. That needs to be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Side we'll make it happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Murder. A Star Wars story. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus. Yes. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Some depictions of violence. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'm curious. I, do you guys have like a favorite quote uh, out of all of Star Wars? Like if you had to pick one? Wow. Um, I have I have one that I like. I don't know if either of you have heard it um, or if you're familiar mm. with it. Wow. Um, it's 
It's a tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> it's not the story the Jedi would tell. Wait, did you write it down? Are you reading it's it? It's a legend. <laughs> no, I know this by heart, clearly. I did write it down. Keep going. Oh, keep okay. Going. Well, in that case, he was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise. He could use the force to influence the midichlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side that he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. He became so powerful, the only thing he was afraid of losing was his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he told his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He could save others from death, but not himself. Nice. Is it possible to learn guys... this power? <laughs> <laughs> not from Charles. <laughs> <laughs> and let's uh, take a moment... Um and appreciate the ballet that's going on behind the scene. Um, yeah. The uh, Squid Lake, uh, of course, um, you know, inspired by the Mon Cala, <laughs> the, uh, ah, yes. the, victorious, uh, the victorious species from uh, uh, Mon Cala planet. And uh, yeah, so anyways, that's just an aside. <laughs> also, yeah. like when he says that last line, not from a Jedi, mm. yeah. those it's four words is just amazing. Yeah. Ugh. And the way he yeah. inflects them too, yes, and his uh, yeah, completely. Uh, yes, um, no, but um, the the one that I that stands out to me from from that film actually is um, is when Anakin says, "Love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can do that." Oh, okay. He's completely Ooh. abandoned, literally everything um, that he's doing this for. Yeah. You know? And and it's just so telling that 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 you know basically it's like look, you know, I you love me, I love you and ev- everything we've built this on um is is thrown to the wayside because I'm willing to do anything and everything to keep you alive. Mm. At the expense of losing himself and her. Wow. Very so, true. I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I threw I threw the uh, Darth Plagueis in there because, well, it's hilarious. Yes, I got you both. Um, <laughs> but but that that line from Anakin is just it's it's one that you know because everybody goes to the whole um, you know uh, from my perspective the Jedi are evil and only a monster of evil. Um, but uh, you know, so so that one is is kind of again like Han was saying with the. Um, with the, you know, Padme opens her mouth and people just ignore it. Um, most of the conversations that, that take place with her are also ignored, which is unfortunate because you've got some great stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I kind of took a, uh, I guess, a cop-out answer when we're talking about, like, favorite lines because mine is, honestly, is, um, I have a bad feeling about this, which I know is said over and over, but um, that, that kind of just embodies all of star wars for me because it's said by so many different people i I have a follow-up question is which character saying it is nice one uh that's a good one i think it's probably uh it's probably han i think he says it the most and probably because i am han so i identify with him a lot but i think it's han and his his Harrison Ford's comedic timing in those movies is so, so hilarious to me, especially like, like when we first hopped on the stream and uh, you were saying uh, the line from the, the holding cell, hello there. Uh, we're fine here. Everything's fine. Uh, how are you? And then he, they're like, who is this? And he just shoots the intercom. <laughs> As if that's going to solve anything. <laughs> hey, look, boring conversation. Anyway, <laughs> bad reception. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then I think at some uh, point he turns brain. it around and he actually Han says, "I have a good feeling about this." It might be in Solo, 
Yes. I can't remember where he said it. Ah, it that's, yes, it, it is. is. Yes. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of a little parallel there, but I think that's mine. Yeah. What about you, Charles? Um, Charles in charge of <laughs> our days and our lives. Nice. There you go. That's it. Go. Hey. All right. We're on track. <laughs> you nailed the audition. Um, I would say that's <laughs> he, changed. He's like, for what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll get to that later. Um, I would say a that's Star changed Wars a lot. Porn parody. <laughs> he's on to us. Did you tell him? No, I said nothing. <laughs> Slash musical. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, oh, Disney Plus after dark. <laughs> oh, is that a lightsaber in your pocket? Okay. Um, I would say oh, that no. Um, <laughs> no. I would say that the um the quotes that I found most uh memorable for me have changed drastically over time. Um, so I'll avoid going through time. And I'll say the one that really resonates with me now, it's Qui-Gon Jinn. And I've as become a father. I've seen, uh, I've taken a much deeper appreciation for his character. And as uh, short of a story that he does have, which is expanded upon greatly in Master and Apprentice and a great book. Um, his Fantastic book. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, his, his line, your focus determines your reality, is something very dear to me because without being able to focus on things in real life, uh, Pat and I wouldn't be sitting here today because we'd work hard. We do all the things we have to do, the things we don't want to do, the things we want to do. It gives us time to be able to uh, take an hour out of a day and meet great people like you, Han, and all the people that we've met and the Red 5 Network and all these different people. That focus and that reality we made happen, not just because our love of Star Wars, but everything else that's in there. And that's another cool thing about Star Wars in itself is that as grand and as maybe scary as the world around you um, does sort of seem at times, you have the power to not make yourself the victim or the one who's going to be losing out. You can, you know, you can uh, take that starfighter and hit, um, you know, a light speed and get out of that and make, you know, change that uh, focus and that reality for yourself. I, I'm so glad you said that line. I actually wrote that down too because I was Sweet. thinking about saying that. Nice. It's, it's one of my favorite uh, Qui-Gon lines. And especially with um, – because that, that has to do with one of the big, I think, is um, the themes of Star Wars, which is Dharma, especially the prequel movies. And for those of you who are either new here or haven't seen other episodes of the podcast, I did a whole episode dedicated to the Dharma of Star Wars. So please go back and check that out and listen to mm -hmm. it. But this quote embodies that. Remember, your focus determines your reality. Dharma is understanding the re the nature of our reality, being in the present, not worrying about the past mm -hmm. or the future, which directly correlates with Anakin Skywalker, worrying about the future, worrying about the past with his mother and worrying about the, the death of Padme, all this kind of stuff. And the Dharma is heavily... Uh, it, it grows more thematically in, into the original trilogy and with uh, the whole thing with father and sons and Vader's karma. Was it Luke who was delivering the karma? Things like that. But that but that line itself is really powerful, I think. And yet it's kind of looked over too, which is kind of like a, a secondary line. Mm -hmm. But I'm really glad you brought that up because Qui-Gon Jinn is one of my favorite characters too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, un unfortunately... Uh, we we talked a little long, so we didn't get to get to a, enough time to get to like the the last topic today. So we'll have to save it for another oh, time no. because I I do have uh, places I need to be. But um, I just want to go ahead and let you guys you know if there's anything you want to wrap on, especially uh, where people can find your social medias or any projects you have coming up that you want to talk about and things like that before we sign off today. Yeah, we understand, Han. I know that having a price on your head is not an easy thing to live with. So um, we'll 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 let you get back to you know paying off that gangster you uh, you you dropped all that spice for. Um, so uh, yeah, we're um, online and we do stuff online. Um, we do stuff in real life too. Um, it's true, all of it. Um, Oh, nice. <laughs> um we um my gosh okay so we do some cosplay stuff mm -hmm. we do some some customizing stuff mm -hmm. um we recreate scenes with black series figures yes, uh, we, do. we do dioramas um yes. we're 
collectors and and just you know general cultivators of star wars everything um so i mean we've always got several things um several irons in the fire as it were we've got what like seven or eight projects we're working on right now um easily (laughs) Um, yeah so so there's that um but uh yeah i guess uh most of the details of the things we have uh made public are on um like our website and our uh instagram and all that kind of stuff yeah Facebook yeah, and Twitter. Yeah. Right. I will right. be sure to leave links for anyone watching the po- or listening to the podcast or watching the video. Just go down in the bottom here and you will find links to all their stuff. I'm glad you said you're working on a lot of projects because I think it's good to one to stay busy and also to have that level of ambition to I'm, I'm sure most of it is probably content creation style projects, which <laughs> I think is fascinating, too. And it's just that creative energy is what I love to see in people. And that inspires me too. But um, yeah, your guys show is great. And I really hope any of my listeners will go and check them out too and say hello, hit them up on social media, you know, let them know uh, where you found them right here on Han Talks or, you know, talk talk about Star Wars with them, because I'm sure they'd love to communicate with you guys too. Absolutely. And uh, if there was one thing that you had to leave my listeners with today, whether it's words of wisdom or uh, a favorite movie you have or anything like that, what, what would you want that to be for you guys? Wow. Um, I know I kind of threw that at you out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I will say um, that our happiness, our joy with star Wars is to make ourselves Pat and I laugh and enjoy star Wars. And I think that comes out not only in our show, but all the content that we do create and there's so many different ways to enjoy Star Wars. And whether it be reading, listening, watching, there's, or gaming, it's so many ways of, di- of doing that. And find that joy, and the story will be there for you. I love that. Well, I, it was an honor for me to have you guys on the show, finally, after talking with you so long. I think I, I love this conversation. Right, we could have gone for two more hours. Two more hours, um, yes. But we'll have yeah. to plan another time. Yes, so we, we will. Can, uh, talk about some of the some of the thematic pattern scene and some of the rhyming elements of star Wars. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff too, but this is fantastic. So thank you guys so much for being here today and getting the chance to come on the show, say hello and finally meet face to face, so to speak. And um, everyone listening, please be sure to go check them out on social media, on the podcast forums. And you guys have video too, right? On YouTube. Very little. Very Um, little. Yeah, opening of uh, Galaxy's Edge. Pat did a fantastic, uh, like every other nerd does, with the Jedi opening the uh, opening the doors with the Force. Um, that's up there. Uh, we don't actively really put much video up there because, hey, who wants to see our faces? But um, we have faces for podcasting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have a, we have a bit up on YouTube, but it's mostly just stuff that we've uh, collected by chance, both basically. <laughs> Okay, everybody, I'm going to let Pat and Charles from Conversations take us out today. And now, somehow, someway, somewhere, this week, may the Force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.